everyone. Today's host, Monica Singh, and welcome to the show, Take the Power Back. Today's guest is our rising star, Tanil Amar. She's an artist, singer, songwriter, producer, and philanthropist from Trinidad. We met at the United Nations in 2015 on multiple events, and we traveled as well to the different part of the world, representing women around the world and United Nations. I would like to welcome Tani. Welcome Tani to the show. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, giving your time. I'm so excited for this uh, episode because I would love to uh, listeners to understand your industry as well and then how we are navigating through this time right now. It would be really inspiring. Amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> My first question would be, how long it has been since you wanted to be a singer? Wow. Um, I mean, I've always, I've always sung, you know, like more than anything, I've always been a songwriter, you know, from, from since I was nine years old, I have songs that I still to this day have a songbook from back then that I, I remember how the melodies of those songs go. So music has always been in me you know it's always been something that that I've wanted to do in the sense of I I guess it wasn't even a conscious thing of saying this is what I want to do it was just something that I've always done you know um so yeah I mean for I guess the answer to that is for as long as I can remember (laughs) (laughs) like very young age you had this inclination towards making music and singing about it yeah yeah and it's funny because when i look back on those songs from from that time like eight nine years old a lot of the songs back then were songs about something deep and and impactful you know which is funny like i you know i was thinking about ending racism and and um stopping pollution and taking care Uh of the planet and (laughs) things that you know were were meaningful and I was so young but I guess it was always it was always an outlet you know and always a way for me to express what whatever it was that I was feeling at that time and and from young I guess I was always connected to causes that were bigger than myself you know so you always wanted to be a singer like uh, like nothing else you had in mind you always wanted to be the the per- version you are right now yeah i mean i i always wanted to be in the performing arts in some way i i also okay. when i was younger i wanted to to act too i still at some point i could see myself you know diving more into to the acting side of things as well but and I trained in acting actually initially when I when I first moved out to the states I went to a performing arts school and I went to acting school and and you know I it's something that I have always been connected to as well so whether it was music or acting um yeah I mean I also when I was when I was younger as well I always thought about um I wanted to be an ichthyologist at one point, which I believe the technical term for that is, is study marine life. <laughs> I was yeah. really connected to like, uh, I'm always been, I've always been connected to animals, but always been connected to, to the ocean as well, underwater yeah. animals. I started scuba diving when I was really young. And, oh, that um, explains your Africa experiences a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just all over the world, I try and connect to, to animals wherever I am. So that is something too that that's in me and that has always been in me. And and I always say, you know, if I were to ever stop doing what I'm doing, I would go move somewhere where I could just <laughs> be with animals and take care of animals. But yeah, yeah. That. But as far as you know, career path. That's always been, you know, that's always been the trajectory that I that I've been on. I I when you know, it's like you're all your parents always want you to do things. My parents wanted me to be a lawyer. I would probably be a really good lawyer because I analyze things till I'm like till people lose their minds with how much I'm like <laughs> just overanalyzing situations. Um, so I have that mind too, that very you know kind of detail oriented, overanalytical mind where I. I yeah I probably in another life would have been a really good <laughs> attorney um but it helps me it helps me with just like the music the business side of what I do like I understand the business side where a lot of artists maybe don't really no, I, it's not that I want to understand it but I'm glad that I that I can that glad that you do of course it. yeah yeah so you know, your parents like, and your background are not uh, in entertainment industry or your mother and father also oh, okay so you you are like a born star in a family of people who are like a regular job people or a business people of you know it's, it's funny because yeah they they all you know have regular jobs so to speak but but we're all creative all three of the kids like my brothers are also extremely creative too my older brother plays guitar He's been in different bands. He writes songs as well. My younger brother is incredibly talented um, producer, rapper, like just really, really, really skilled songwriter and and lyricist as well. So yeah, I mean, all and my mom, you know, my mom sings. My mom, she, you know, grew up singing in church and like that was that was her. She she has a great voice and you know so, but she never. She never, you know, pursued it or or I'm the as only a career, one career. Yeah, yeah. That really kind of is. You know, like in this, uh, when we talk about music industry, entertainment industry, uh, younger generation usually see the very much uh, glamour side of it, beauty side of it, and fashion side of it. Mm-hmm. And there are very few artists who reflect themselves in a different world as well. Like as a philanthropic world, mm. I have known you as an artist who also have a different side of it, which we hardly see in people in their rising career period of time. Usually, a lot of people who establish they sometimes become some ambassador mm-hmm. and then they go and do their performing job to, you know, as a is something they feel they can do it now because they have accomplished everything but right. from the early stage and the rising uh, stage of the of the career there are hardly any i heard they are very much passionate about this side of why do you have that side i want people to know about that like is it some reason that you have seen or you have experienced which made you or inclined you toward this side of the world as well yeah that's a great question and and you know again because it's something that has been in me from from so young i i 
you know, people ask that. And so I am obviously aware that it is unusual to, to you know, for, for people to kind of pursue those things simultaneously, as you, as you said. But from young, uh, you know, my family's from Trinidad originally, Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. And I grew up all over the world because of my dad's job. So I, you know, I lived in Egypt for five years when I was young. We lived in Singapore, we lived in England, we lived in Scotland uh, before I, before moving to the States, you know. So like we lived all over the place and it was really in my time in Egypt from the ages of five till ten years old that was the first time, I guess, consciously being exposed to the the dichotomy or, or the, the um, you know, the difference between those who quote unquote had the comforts of life right and those who who didn't right because we live we were we were not very well off as a family at that time we lived in an apartment complex but we lived on the ground floor of, of an apartment complex and um the we had a swing set in our in our backyard area right and i remember my brother and i used to climb up the swing set and there was a wall um in our yard right like separating our our house from was a trash heap like it's where people would go to just dump all their garbage right okay and on the other so on the other side of our wall we would climb up the swing set and sit on the top of the wall and kids would like be in that trash heap often like digging for something to eat or going through and so from very young age i experienced that understanding of whoa like literally there's a wall dividing us right like there's a literal wall where I'm on one side of this wall and there's other kids who are my age who are on the other side of that wall right and because I'm on this side of the wall I have I can walk inside and we can eat whatever we need to eat like we have the food that we need to eat or if I live on the other side more privileged other other than those kids basically a hundred percent yeah and so so it was an immediate from from very young understanding that it wasn't fair you know like it wasn't right that these were kids just like me and just like my brother and you know they they're just like us except they don't have basic things like they don't have their basic needs being met they have to be begging in the street for something to eat or or digging through you know trash to to try and find something to eat or try and find something of value that they could sell right whereas Mm -hmm. my siblings and I we we were taken care of and we had those basic needs met so from very young being exposed to different parts of the world being exposed to to different and again we at at that time too like my dad is we come from a very working class family and and you know my grandfather immigrated to trinidad from portugal and and they came from from a you know family where they were completely like working class working in a bakery and you know uh, started a bakery in trinidad and my dad worked his way from from no education to like you know very uh hands-on jobs and worked his way up the ladder and so very very hard working my dad's the hardest person hardest working person that I know you know so but we came from from that so it wasn't to say like we were you know living in this mansion or in this it's not to say we were massively well off but even just with what we did have 
I knew that it was unfair that there were people who didn't have, right? Like I, it was unfair that, that, that they didn't have basic needs being met. And for example, like my dad, um, KFC was like a treat, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. Egypt when we were living in Egypt that some, sometimes my dad would go to KFC, but in Egypt, like you'd have to line up for hours to get your bucket of chicken. Right. So my dad would wow. go. Yeah, like he'd go and he'd be lining up for for hours to get bring home food for for the family, like bring bring home a bucket for our treat of like KFC that day, right? And mm-hmm. he'd be lining up and then come home and not bring back home the bucket. My mom would be like, "What happened? You've been gone for hours. Like, where's the chicken?" And my dad was, "Ah, oh, don't ask, don't ask." And what what ended up happening was, oftentimes he would go and he'd line up and get the bucket of chicken and be on his way out the door and then see a family on the side of the you know on the side of the street who like a mother with her kids and they didn't have anything wow. that would just give them the bucket of chicken and come home you know and no oh my God. yeah so i mean i grew up with that mindset of where it's like very humble guy yeah i mean it's just like if you if you have something and then you see someone who doesn't and and they they need it more than you do then you give right like you give where you can give and that's just always been the way that that I was raised that we were raised you know so and I'm and I'm thankful for that in the sense of that has always been the mentality right like of where it's just like okay well if I can help someone if I can support someone in some way or if I can do something to benefit someone else's life then you do it we are all one family and i think that we lose sight of that and i think too oftentimes it becomes almost performative right like of where what you're saying of where it's like okay well if i get to a certain level then it almost looks good if i attach my name to something or if i do something that people say oh they also do this or she does that or you know whereas for me it was never about like it being a performative thing it was just about well this is what we're supposed to all be doing you know which is why yeah even, it's even like when, it came natural to you yeah, basically like yeah when someone praises me for something like of like where it's like okay well i have epic my organization epic with my one of my yeah. best friends alexi right and epic is everyday people initiating change which the whole premise behind that is that we as everyday people have the ability to initiate change in the world we don't have to wait for enough whatever it is like enough success enough money enough time enough all the things that you think you don't have enough of right our whole concept with epic when we started epic we we didn't know what we were doing it was just like we want to do something to to give back again in some way right mm-hmm. and that's where the name came from of where it's like okay well we as everyday people we can do this now we don't have to wait and so uh- even with epic sorry yeah like we drill water wells in tanzania we do community growth and development we support the local people by empowering them to take ownership over each of the projects that that we do right but even with that like anyone who's ever shown any praise or support or wow like that's amazing that you do that like i look at it like no it's not amazing it's just like we should all be doing something right this just so happens to be the thing that that I felt called to do that myself and Alexi, my business partner, you know, one of my best friends that we felt called to do, but we're all called in some way or another. And 
we should each be figuring out whatever it is that's that thing on your heart on on whoever's listening to this on their heart you know that that if we were to all just recognize that calling on our hearts how amazing would the world be you know if we just all operated from that place of oneness of that place of we are in this together yeah i mean that's funny that you said that because uh something like as a as a person like we know each other for more than six years now right uh and then we have a lot of similarity as well exactly. um so i always say that when people get vowed and people want praise for certain things which i would say that's a human humane thing things to do mm-hmm. and uh, it, it is surprising when then if people does it tiny bit they make such a big deal out of like oh my god they have done something like nobody ever done it before that sort of a nature of that content and i feel like it completely take takes it away from the reason behind it you know exactly. the moment you put do that i mean um uh, i won't say like um i was not uh, a silver spoon child myself i i'm from the working family as well everybody has a job my family f- focus was get a good education get a good um, college work hard get a good grade then you get a best job and then mm-hmm. you can fulfill your dream that was the whole purpose of us to work hard during our education time you know high schools yeah. and college and all that's what you thought but when you talk talk to people about it oh i do this i do that and they get surprised and i feel like having the intention to give back towards the society or to 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 someone who is in need should not be such a big deal about it if you can exactly and you choose you choose to make it a big deal because that's what society tells you to do because you have to update on your social media that you did the good deed <laughs> but technically you don't have to i know There, I mean, our it's... parents did so many good deeds we didn't yeah. even know about it and we just hear them now as a story but i have grew, grew up watching my parents and my grandparents to do so many things which can be known as a nobel things to do in mm-hmm. today's time mhm so it yeah. is funny. i mean it's a, it's a challenging thing especially the world that we're living in now right of where everything yeah. is social media and everything is posting this and da 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 and, and even with epic when we first started epic we got um the first year that we went i mean we took we took pictures and videos and stuff but it was just for ourselves really like it was just for our own um memories and stuff with the people that we were building with while No we but Tanil now it's necessary honestly like I'm not saying yeah. that don't take a picture now the whole thing has changed now it's not just about just to show another people now you have to document it because yeah. you know the first thing is you have if you don't document your good deed as well or your uh, attempt towards the good deed people always going to question your intention towards it exactly. so sometimes you have exactly. to do it no matter you personally like it or not now you have to do it so no question ask on that of yeah. course you have to I mean, do it is you say people want a you know, like a proof of it well i think especially if you're if you're getting funding from outside sources which with epic you know as we grew that's what we realized was the second year we ended up getting a sponsorship from quicksilver right and so they mm-hmm. 
Quicksilver women. And, and so they, um, you know, yeah, just like you said, like they wanted documentation, like they wanted to see the pe- see the communities that we were supporting and, and, you know, just meet the communities in that way. And and then, you know, as we've grown as an organization, too, we now have a fellowship program where we actually have people from over 50 different countries around the world that are a part of what we do with Epic now, which just really blows my mind when I think about it. Because when we started it, <laughs> that was always our vision, the name Epic, you know, even just that yeah. word. It's, it's I Epic, love the right? name of it, yes, yes. Yeah, but we didn't know, we didn't know that it would grow to be to be what it is and we're still grassroots it's still like Mm -hmm. literally I do everything for the organization now because my business partner she actually and she has kids you know so she's Mm -hmm. busy with with taking care of the kids and doing what she's doing but so you know um and then we have our local family too that that helps us who the family is is our family we consider them to be I mean just as close as I feel just as close to them as I am with my blood siblings you know so but it's still grassroots you know but just like you said now the documenting and all of that as you said is because to allow those who who can't come and who can't experience it firsthand or or in person for them to realize recognize or see what it is that we're doing so that we can help fund some of these projects more you know so yeah i mean we live in a really strange time and and just from what i believe as far as like my core beliefs these things technically should not be spoken about what you yeah. do like, <laughs> the good things that you do in the world whether you know it's like that's... technically yeah but then we are no longer in technical world. yeah it's a strange <laughs> strange thing but yeah as you said it's it's that fine line of saying okay well I'm showing this for the sake of allowing more support to happen within these communities but then at the same time you want to make sure that you're not exploiting that community and I mean every village that we go into we actually explain that thing we explain that concept to them right we explain to them that first we ask like is it all right if we take pictures is it all right if we take video and explain to them what the videos and pictures are used for and it's just about sharing with those who are not able to come here themselves in person for them to understand what it is that as a community how we can support and how we can you know hopefully get funding and so i think it's about the transparency too especially yeah with, you know like within because it's like no one wants their lives to be exploited in that way or to be some people don't want to be on pictures or videos and you know that should absolutely be taken into consideration and respected first and foremost but for those who are okay and understand the the whole premise behind it too most most people in each of the communities where we are are more than happy to to they get it you know what i mean like they get the world that we're living in now and they understand the exchange that that takes place but yeah it is a funny world funny time (laughs) do you sometimes feel that if you were not exposed to the different side of the world since your childhood you would have been a different sort of music, uh, you know, music artist. hundred percent. Of just like glamour, beauty, nonchalant, living a glamorous, luxurious life. Do you feel that that would have been 
a total different picture? I mean, you know, it's interesting because the question would then be, where would I have been brought up? You know, I guess it would have been in Trinidad, right? Because like yeah. if, if both my parents are Trinidadian, if they'd have both just stayed in Trinidad, I would have been brought up there my whole life. And um, yeah, I mean, that that country as far as um, the industry who knows if I would have ever even gotten into music, to be honest with you, because like the music industry in Trinidad is very much about soca music, which I love soca music for it's a time and a place. You know, it's like carnival season is is that type of music that you'll hear is is almost like for those who don't know soca, it's a Caribbean music, Trinidad, specific to Trinidad and Tobago. But um, it's uh, it, the best kind of example I could give you is like, almost like dance hall if you don't know soca music right okay um sort of like a faster reggae type of thing right but um it's not reggae but i'm just simplifying for those who don't know (laughs) Uh, but it's music that i personally you know like i like listening to it especially when it's that season like carnival time in trinidad and tobago but I don't make that music, you know, like that's not the type of music that I ever really want to make. So would I have ever been in music if I had have lived in Trinidad my whole life? No, you know, and probably not. And um, but I certainly would have been a different artist for sure if I did, because I mean, it's a it's an interesting question, isn't it? Like we can uh, hypoth- <laughs> hypothetically kind of think of what would life have been like? Yeah. But, I guess I would always had my same parents, so I guess that's <laughs> been the you know an influence that I would have always had is to to not focus only on on self. But yeah, I mean, I I've been a different artist throughout my career in the sense of I like know. even me as an artist, I've evolved because there was a time where I you know was making music that really was not didn't have anything to do with a purpose or a cause or a you know, I, I feel like sometimes, uh, and this is my personal point of view, it mm. may not apply to you or not. Sometimes overexposure of certain things towards the world, poverty, peace, war, and uh, violences. Uh, having these knowledge is good, but having too much knowledge kind of kick you off the game at some point. And it's, it's, it feels like, yeah, it's like uh, too much reality is kind of, it's a different level of certain things. I feel like we see, we try to see good in, in people, we try to do good in every time, but then when we meet opposite sort of people, which are everywhere in every industry, it kicks you off because if you're a good person, you understand certain things, but that's the person uh, in front of you who holds a high position, doesn't understand the same thing, doesn't know the same same knowledge or doesn't have uh, kept the same value in life. It's very hard to resonate yourself with certain people, but you kind of have to work with them. That's, that's a vicious side of a circle, you know, like it's your personality conflict at so many levels. But then that's a that's a harsh side of the truth, you know? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I think that um what I've what I've 
found over the years. I think I used to I used to focus on it more than I do. I, I'm very conscious of it. It's it's impossible to not be conscious of it because you come up against it in so many, as you said, so many different spheres and and um, so many different industries. But yeah, definitely within the within the entertainment industry. But what I've realized is that you know those who we tend to attract the thing that you know that, that you are right like of where I think that if we focus on whatever we focus on tends to show up more in our lives you know and and I recognize that if you if you are a light if you know that you're a light in this world or you're supposed to be a light in this world then shine you know be be a light go into dark places and and be a light and and illuminate the dark places and yeah you might come up against darkness or you know I'm, I'm kind of turning it into a metaphor I guess or, or simplifying it in the sense of calling it dark dark or light or but but you know what I mean it's it's yeah. just if you if you come up against people who are not resonating in a positive vibration or coming from a good place or or have ill intentions or obviously yes have have certain levels of protection or layers of protection up to to you know make sure that you're taken care of but at the same time I do think that we have an ability to influence and impact those around us just by being the lights that we're supposed to be you know being the people that we are supposed to be can shift people's energy at times you know or you know or it just is that impenetrable thing of where it's like we live in this little protective bubble of light and and anything that you know anything that is not of that won't be able to penetrate that wall you know so yeah I mean but don't get me wrong I mean that's a very uh, philosophical kind of (laughs) Yeah, it's a very, very subjective well. thing. It doesn't apply to everyone. It's not for everyone as well. So that's fine. I was just thinking about it, these things. Okay, so we had a very intense conversation so far. So I want to lighten up the mood. And I want to <laughs> tell uh, listeners that Tanil has already worked with an amazing artist. She worked with John Legend, Shaggy, Pixie Lord is, is her very good friend i saw their pictures on instagram all the time and uh, she works with chris young and uh, sly and robbie and black eyed Pico. and i read i'm reading that you are currently working with chance the rapper post maloney taylor swift and rihanna cardi b oh my god wait a second let me clarify because it, it <laughs> with with producers and songwriters that that are writing for these artists so i'm not okay. personally working with those with the ones that you just mentioned i'm not in okay. those people but no but i okay. am a songwriter as well as a as an artist you know so mm-hmm. oftentimes i'm connecting with different producers and songwriters and writing for you know different artists and and I'm in, I live in LA, I live in Los Angeles, so I'm surrounded by really incredibly talented songwriters and producers and very blessed to be welcomed into rooms with people who, who have worked with, you know, the, the most 
well-known artist in this industry so it is a very um it's an honor to be asked to be in sitting in in some of these sessions and to be writing with some of these people and yeah i mean the the move to los angeles is a newer thing for me but i did move here with the intention to be writing for for other artists as well so yeah that that is definitely an exciting part of the the job that i do but and i guess you could say uh you know more so how was the experience uh, working with other artists have you collaborated and working with them and um as a singer as well how how was your experience yeah well different with different people you know i mean john legend i've known for for a very long time and we did do a song together we wrote a song for pixie pixie lot who is she's one of my best friends so pixie's just the family <laughs> you know she's family she's, she's my sister i love her so much she's just the most amazing heart and just the best person on the planet uh genuinely just she's she's that person um john's such a lovely lovely person as well when i um when pixie was doing her second album actually i i connected the two of them because i just thought vocally that they would sound really great together and we ended up writing a song that john john didn't do um didn't get on the didn't lend his vocals to the song but but did write the song with us and that was a really great experience very just spontaneous experience at at a studio in new york uh quite a few years back it was awesome experience shaggy has become a mentor to me really good friend as well we did a few songs together he opened up his studio for me in when he had a studio in new york i used to go there and and write and record all the time he's he's really like i said a, a good friend good person mentor um mr vegas who's a big artist from jamaica we did a song together which was really fun he's super talented he came and wrote a verse in no time for one of my songs and the verse was just perfect like exactly what i what i wanted for the song bungee garland who's an incredible artist in trinidad and tobago he's one of the biggest artists in trinidad and um he also did us we did a song together that was really fun we shot a video for that did a video for the for the Vegas song too which was really cool as well um but the song with Bungie that video experience was a great experience because we actually um stepped outside of the box he's not he had that time at that time he had never done anything other than like performance videos you know and I said I wanted to do something where we could both act and like really get into different roles in the video and and really act out the scenes that we did so that was cool because it allowed those two worlds to to collide as well the acting and the music i love videos honestly like whenever i write songs if i can if i can picture the music video i know that it's a great song <laughs> so, so yeah i'm very much about like the visual representation of of the music as well this whole week i've actually been in the in the process of recording a a video for one of my songs called buttercup which is coming out in the next couple of weeks god willing so yes yeah you can't wait and you are yeah it's been a it's been a while since i've put out original content like new songs you know so yeah. i've been working on an album for a really long time now where it's it's evolved in many ways and i'm finally at the point where the music is ready and the songs are written and done and ready to go and i'm just recording the album right now and um Buttercup is the first 
I've released videos from that will be like those songs will actually be on the album. So I've released a couple of the songs already, but the first official kind of release for the for the launch of the album is is Buttercup. So I'm excited about that. Really excited. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I have you signed your uh, record deal with something, or you're doing on your own? I'm doing it independently. Right now, okay. I'm doing it independently. I always say I'm open to things, but you know, at the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about, you know, being an attorney, and <laughs> if that was what I would have done in another life, I, I recognize that a lot of the contracts that are given to to people in in this industry, a lot of people get into to really bad contracts, and that's just something that I'm conscious of. I'm conscious of wanting to maintain creative control in what I'm doing and and owning my own masters. There was a whole lawsuit with with Taylor Swift that happened recently that some of your listeners might have been familiar with, but basically it was just all about her trying to get back ownership of the songs that she wrote and that, you know, there were people that that were holding on to the ownership of, of those songs years after she wrote them. And that's that's normal within the industry. Typically, if you sign a record deal, you're signing away your rights to your music, which seems shocking that someone could come in and yeah. have ownership over your own songs when you're the one writing them. But it yeah. happens all the time, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm navigating through that and just figuring out, like I said, like what would be the best thing for me to do, whether that's something that that you know the direction that i want to go in or if i want to maintain ownership of of the music and as of right now that's what i'm doing so i think you gave gave the answer of my question which i wanted to know that one thing you would like to change or see in the music industry i think this answer perfectly fits yeah. that yeah yeah okay. i i think you know it is changing and there are artists shout out again to taylor swift and you know kanye west is is also vocal about it there's artists who are vocal about many artists who are speaking out and saying that even when it comes to streaming like you, you get a million streams on spotify and you only make four thousand dollars which is pretty crazy what? yeah you think about if there's other songwriters on that song you split that between you and the other songwriters if you have a manager if you have a lawyer if you have so like nothing you, is left basically in your hand nothing nothing you know so really when you think about that there's a lot that that does have to change within the industry and so that's why you know if you love an artist if you support that artist buy their merchandise like sometimes that's a way that you could support an artist is buy a t-shirt buy a hat mm -hmm. you know like that's that's money yeah. that is more likely to go more of that pocket. money is is yeah. likely to go into their pocket than streaming their music which is crazy because you sh you would think that that as a musical artist they should be making most of their money from music but the truth is that's not how this industry works or it's not set up like that you know so wow. it's pretty crazy yeah there's a lot there's a lot of changes that need to happen but i think for me it's it's another thing of course is the way that women are within this industry you and i met obviously where we're discussing i have a song called i am a girl and and mm -hmm. I performed it at the UN on International Women's Day and and that was the song that really allowed me to perform all over the world which is amazing but I'm a girl is all about gender equality and female empowerment and that's something that I would love to see in the industry as well is just more women finding their their um 
having more of a platform to to really do all the things that women are capable of doing seeing more more women in on the production side of things seeing more women engineering sessions i have a studio in la it's my my studio in la that where i've taught myself how to produce and i'm teaching myself uh, i've taught myself how to engineer and and teaching myself piano and guitar and you know so just seeing more women becoming self-sufficient and and at the same time collaborating with other females in in the industry without without um eliminating the men of course right like i have wonderful yeah. men that i've worked with along the way that i will still continue to work with the producer who's done the majority of my album with me is the most incredible guy that like we john jay shout out john jay but um yeah i, I there's i think the main thing is just to be on an equal playing field across the board whether it comes to gender equality whether it comes to racial equality whether it comes to you know disabilities and all that i just want to see everyone have the same opportunity to succeed right like of course that we're all different and we all come with different skill sets and you know i'm not saying that affirmative action all the way like give a woman a job even if she's not as good as the man like i don't agree with that necessarily you know i think the best person should get the job but i just would like to see more opportunities to for for those who maybe wouldn't have a door just not being them. judged because of the gender just go exactly. with the quality yeah exactly exactly, exactly. that should not be a, a checkbox we need to we need to check in terms exactly. of you know just to make a difference anything is like whosoever is qualified i would say that there always been a question about the gender equality and all and there's always a debate it's an ongoing debate it's i don't think it's ever going to end because uh, both side has some sort of a flaws when you fight for something you know and i think every side is always try to suppress one side and that is where the voices come forward that don't suppress us but exactly. now i feel like it's like a lot of thing has turned into a, like a revenge sort of thing no we are that and we have to take a revenge i've had so many amazing men in my life in form of my dad my brother my mm-hmm. best friend my colleagues and uh, and no matter if i say gender equality uh, um, i'm an advocate for women rights human rights as well but okay. it doesn't treat men no i cannot i would say i i support he he for she and she for he i exactly. can't believe that it's not, exactly. it's a, and then uh, both gender has a different role and now we have multiple gender ro- roles now so whosoever you are i feel if you are a good human being that's a good on your resume right there you don't need to explain anything else besides anything besides unless and you're going for a job you know that's right. a total different thing but right. the being a good human is your first first re- first line on your personal resume exactly that's what it is exactly so now my question is uh if you want to know if uh if how would you feel if i ask you a question what is the difference between tanila moore and the other artist you have experience with like like if i'm saying why tanila moore how do you say that why you are different tell people about that i'm different because i'm not just going to give you music that is one thing in the sense of 
I do care about big issues. I do care about things that that impact not only the world at large, but things that impact us as individuals and things that even when it comes to things like mental health or or you know our our spiritual well-being or you know there's there's I guess a certain level of depth to the content that I create, but the, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the artists that we've mentioned before don't have that and I wouldn't want to necessarily elevate myself that's, that's above, not, yeah. above anyone else right like because that's not you know not what I'm here to do at all but I would say that the artists who influence me the most in my life are those type of artists you know like when you talk about the the Bob Marley's of the world or the Lauren Hills of the world or, or the um who else I want to say that uh, as an answer for this question uh, from your behalf, if you may. Yeah. Tanil is different is in a way that her songs makes you wonder. Her, her songs is uh, her songs, her lyrics, uh, her expressions is something that every woman out there can resonate with it. Not just women. I think men can resonate with it as well. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you clarified that. Yeah, because it's yeah, I understand that because it is a difficult question to ask some someone like why you're different. So I do get that, but how I see to news and your music is like it's something. Music comes from so many direction in our life. There are millions of singer, pop stars, artists. Yeah. Uh, incredible people out there everybody speaks for who they are everybody show their talent they are but the tanil is something i would say that her song is something it's not just a song or a music which which can only make you to dance on or on the music or a rhythm but also make you feel good about yourself like she mentioned bob marley those are the revolutionary people now we have a revolution in our hand in a different way our experience her music is like her lyrics is like a, a chapter in a book she can write a book on on based on her lyrics so uh when artists sing about her experience her knowledge her vision towards life not just a music i think tanil's music is that and i think that's keeps tanil away and apart from those people who are already out there and she's a rising star i must say that you're going to you're going to hear more and more she's so modest already so she doesn't use social media as insanely like other people but she's <laughs> everywhere if she can make uh presidents of a uh, united nation from different departments and the ambassador dance on their feet you can imagine <laughs> what this girl can do if she, if you ever meet her Aww. now <laughs> that's beautiful and honestly i will say that the music that i'm going to be putting out which god willing again will be this year you know um it's it's very it's it's on another level than anything else that you'll find that's out there right now of my music i'm very proud of all the work that i've done already but but the music that i'm creating right now is the best music that i've ever created and and it is going to make you feel like it is music that the the album is called evolve through love and it's the process that we go through from the different stages of love whether it be romantic love friendship heartache pain um 
all the different stages that we get go through in order to come to a place of understanding what it is to have self-love you know working through depression and anxiety and, and different mental health issues to get to a place of learning to love ourselves but ultimately to understand what it is to experience unconditional love which through my lens is the only way to experience that is to connect to a higher divine love the love of god you know so that's where i'm coming from and where the this project like the whole concept of the album is people don't really write concept albums anymore but this for me is is been a work in progress something that is my life's work that i'm super proud of and amazing yeah i really do hope that it allows people to it will trust me it will because i'm gonna put out the links and everywhere hell out of it so don't worry from my end Aww. i'm your one of your biggest fan and i'm your friend so i am I'm, i'm very excited so, so now to neil <laughs> you know this show is about take the power back right where yeah. we talk about women who who had uh, who are successfully running in their life but at one moment in their life something ca- put them back a mm. little bit and, and then they were struggling you know when you are feeling um so small and low about yourself you're under doubt and you feel like giving up mm. there might be a moment in your life at i don't know what age but i want to know about that a little bit and then after that what was the moment when you took your power back and you powered it through mm. Wow. <laughs> you can prepare me for this answer. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I was thinking. I was like, "Man, that's a deep question. That's a good one." Um, you know, there I feel like almost every day I have to take my power back because I do deal with things like depression and and you know, social anxiety. I'm I'm very um I have a lot of social anxiety and and it's very difficult for me to be in big group settings because I my immediate feeling is I just want to like crawl into a hole and not be around people and obviously my industry doesn't allow for that you know it's, it's like I have to have to be very forward facing and so you know just in full transparency the way that I used to deal with that is I used to drink a lot and it used to be the thing that I would do to get rid of those anxieties and and give me that kind of courage to be in those settings and to not feel uncomfortable because it would take the edge off so to speak and you know and and I definitely also kind of dabbled in in some drug stuff as well for a little while and you know like there there were definitely moments of of losing control in as you say like take the power back like that was definitely taking my power away in a lot of ways and I wasn't conscious of it I actually thought it gave me power and I was wrong to think that you know but um I thought that it did because I was under the illusion of of thinking that that was what gave me um you know made me feel secure made me feel like I like I didn't deal with those same anxieties that I dealt with if I was completely sober but when you ask you know how did I take the power back is I actually became sober <laughs> I actually um recognize that in order for me to really take the power back I had to deal with all those things from a sober place and 
and understand what was the root of all those issues because you know I was kind of just disguising it or covering it up with with substances that didn't really allow me to understand what the root problems were so I mean it's a I guess a much deeper uh <laughs> response to that that question that you just <laughs> no but I am so I'm so appreciating the answer and uh, and the truth about it. A lot of people try to hide certain things, and and uh, we all know uh, it's nothing to be hide. But I I love the fact that you said so clearly and upfront because you know like how uh, in life is different stage, and especially uh, for us people like you and me, uh, younger generation are looking up to us. But at least mm-hmm. we can do is like leave a. a better example for them i mean there are certain things role of a parents which they always always playing it but then uh, as an on social i think if we show them more than that rather than uh, um, and accepting the f- uh, flaws in us exactly make sure then letting them like nobody's perfect don't try to be perfect and don't try to be fit in and uh, we all have flaws but then we have to accept them exactly perfect. amazing yeah. answer I mean I think it's very hard for young people no matter what generation you know but I think for this this new generation coming up it's it's so difficult cuz everything is on social media I'm so thankful that like I didn't have to you know go through my my young years teen years of of having everything be on social media because it would have been a lot harder I mean even now it's hard to navigate through all of that and the comparison and the you know just feeling validated by likes or comments or dealing with all that is just really 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 difficult and i think that you know yeah substances have always been there and and the temptation of when i say temptation i mean just like that that quick fix right of where it's mm-hmm. almost like that's the easy way to deal with things sometimes or it seems like it is and i think that you know shows like euphoria kind of portray show us that portrayal in such a, a really kind of heavy way to to see that but that's reality for a lot of young people and, i haven't seen the show but i'm going to watch the show it's I've yeah it's, so it's really much. it's he- it's heavy but i had friends i mean I, my it's not far removed from from my childhood my teen experiences you know it's not it's not far removed from it and i know that kids are experiencing this and you know and as you said i'm coming from a place of it's definitely not from a place of holier than thou or that that oh i've got it all figured out at all it's definitely coming from a place of i've been there i've done that i've experienced it i know what it's like to feel those things i know what it's like to to have those experiences but i also know what it's like to 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 get beyond that and to get to a place of where like i can experience the world through a sober lens in in you know in a way where i now do have the confidence to be in a room full of people and and not feel the same extent of social anxiety don't get me wrong i still do have social anxiety you know but it's about understanding that sometimes if you're in a room where you feel uncomfortable it might be that you need to get out of that room you know like mm-hmm. be surrounded by the right people you might need to be you know find people who do make you feel comfortable when you're when you're without having to be under some sort of influence you know 
Um, I mean, for me, it's always been like, I want to talk about deep things. I'm not good at small talk. I don't like to just like chat about insignificant things. So (laughs) in order for me to sometimes have those conversations and be less deep, to be honest with you, like I felt like I had to drink in order to to be able to talk to some people, you know, and really it was just like I just needed to be around better people, you know. But and now I'm in a place see my journey too with sobriety. I want to be honest with that as well is that I, you know, I was completely sober for like, I think, seven years and I'm still like still still sober. Right. But like I can now. I don't even want to go down that journey, but like, uh, or down. That now you have more control towards. I have it. control. Yes. Yes. Like, it's, it's like, like you a, have a drink without feeling. Yeah, like you have things, but then it's a moderation because. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and that is what it is. Excess of everything is always bad. Exactly. And uh, I, I personally believe that uh, if you want to experience something, experience it. But you better know the consequences if you go uh, above and beyond. Amen. So, Tunil, that's right. <laughs> my last question is: is going to be something I want to say it, and it's time for your manifestation as well. Where my question here is: What are your dreams, which mm. you are afraid to say it out loud? Let's use this platform right now to manifest it. You haven't told this dream about anyone. Just say if you want to say that I want to be winning an Oscar or Grammy or whatever. Just say it out loud. What is your dream? Well, you know, if you'd have asked me that when I first started out, it might have been something like that, like a Grammy or, or Grammys, let me say. <laughs> yes, and, yes. Um, Oscars, all that. Yeah, like I definitely had those ha- had those dreams and still those would be wonderful things. But that to me is no longer the sign of success, you know, like to me. Mm-hmm. My truly what I want is to fulfill what it is that God has put me here to do. And there's a lot of things. And, you know, one of them is putting this album out 100%. Like, I'm going to feel so great once this project is released into the world and, and done in a way that I believe I'm being called to do it to where that I, I can share even through the visual aspect of it, the videos and stuff that I can hopefully share enough of my story that connects to to people in a way that can help them through the struggles that they might be going through so that I know is is part of the the purpose that is put on my life and once I'm able to complete that project I know that like I said a huge weight is going to be lifted off of me but that's just the first of many you know God has given me quite a few things that that I believe I'm supposed to do and truly honestly to be able to get to heaven and hear God say, well done, you did it. You did what I asked you to do. Like, that's honestly, like, that's, that's it for me. Like, that's, that's, (laughs) I mean, it's like, yeah, Grammys, that would be amazing. Oscar is great. Like, cool, you know, but I'm just here to do what, what God has put me here to do. And, and in fulfilling that, that's, that's, that's all I want. Thank you.